Hi, I'm Edwards Three, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. In this podcast, we often talk about the virtues, and there are so many virtues that we can learn about and grow in, but do you know the three most important virtues? The three that are at the very top, the three that you need right now and you need all the time? I want to be clear, what I'm about to share with you, these aren't Dr. Shree's three favorite virtues to talk about. No, no, this is what the church says we need. In fact, if you're not growing in these virtues, you're not growing as a disciple. You're not growing in your friendship with Jesus Christ. If you don't possess these virtues, you're not a Christian. In fact, if you don't have these virtues, it's not just for the Christian life. This is what every human person needs. If you want to be fulfilled as a human person, you need these three virtues. And you know what they are? Faith, hope, and charity. I want to talk about these and why they're so important, how they work together. But first, I'm going to talk about something that I think will really appeal to your heart. It does to mine, and that is gelato. I want to talk about gelato. So I was in Italy last month, and you know, it's awesome to do many wonderful things in Italy, to pray at the tombs of Peter and Paul, to see the Pope, to pray at the tombs of so many martyrs and go down to the catacombs. And then there's Gelato, that, that's another part of the Italian pilgrimage experience. But uh, let's just say you had never been to Italy or you never heard about gelato. And I came to you and I was trying to tell you about how awesome gelato is, and that it's, it's, it's the best ice cream. It's, it's a whole different level. It's not even ice cream. It's a whole different experience. Uh, and you're trying to wrap your head around what, what could this be? Because you love your Dairy Queen. You love your Baskin Robbins, your Haagen-Dazs. You even love your McDonald's ice cream that you can get through the drive-thru on the cone there. You know? so, so you love that. And I'm trying to explain, no, no, it's something completely different. And, and it's, it's the best. And once you have it, you're going to want it many times. Like my kids will want it multiple times a day if, if I give it to them. And so it is It is an eschatological experience almost. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's a foretaste of the heavenly banquet, I like to joke and say. But it really is really good and so much better than any kind of American ice cream. And, and you've never seen gelato. You've never tasted gelato. So you don't have the experience of it. But I'm, I'm trying to appeal to your mind. I'm going to describe the qualities and the taste and why it's so much better. And, and so maybe your, your, your mind begins to believe me that, okay, there's this thing called gelato. It's in Italy. And even if you go to a gelato place in the United States, it's nothing like what you really get at the streets of an authentic gelato shop in Rome. And, and so you, you, you've come to believe. But now that you believe that there's this amazing thing called gelato, you, you, you start to desire it. So it's not just in your head. You know you're going to be going to Italy next month, and you're thinking, "Oh wow, I I want to I want to try to find some gelato." So you're you're asking me, "What's my favorite gelato shop?" And where is it? I show you on the map, and so you're you're starting to desire. Your will is wanting to move toward tasting that gelato. And then finally, the day arrives. You land in Rome. You go to the gelato store. I recommend, and then. You, you possess the gelato. <laughs> uh, you rest in it. You delight in it. Why am I talking about this? Because I think this analogy can help us understand how important the three theological virtues are of faith, hope, and charity. These aren't just important virtues for a Christian. These, these are essential to live a fulfilled human life. A human person was made. We, we, we were all made for faith, hope, and charity, faith in God 
hope in God, love of God. And, and, and think about how that, that works. So in, in my analogy, I was first appealing to your mind, to your intellect. So every human person, what makes us unique from everything else in all creation is we have a mind to think for ourselves. And, and we have a, a will to desire what our mind tells us is good, and then we desire that good, and we want to, to seek that good. We want to possess that good thing. So this is, this is what we're made for. We're, we're wired, unlike anything else in creation, to share in God's knowing power and in his will, in his loving power, his ability to choose and his ability to love. God made us, unlike anything else, with an intellect and a will. And we can think of how the theological virtues bring to us the perfection, the fulfillment of our intellect and will. So I come to know that there is a God, and I come to believe in him. And then my will begins to desire, desire to, to know him, not just in my head, but to know him personally, to be in friendship with him. I desire to be at one with him, and I seek to give myself to him, and, and, and I seek union with him and, and resting in him. So what happens with, I learn about gelato, and then now I desire it, I start moving toward it, and my will's moving toward trying to find that gelato, and then I experience and delight in that taste of the gelato. The same is true with God. I come to know God, I believe in him, and then I desire to seek him, and then ultimately I'm made to live in union with him forever in heaven. So the three theological virtues, really important stuff, essential for the Christian life, essential for a human person. That's what we're going to talk about in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sri, and uh, I'm so excited. I just got back from the great Steubenville conferences, Franciscan University of Steubenville. You may know it for its amazing university, but they also put on these wonderful conferences. They've been doing it for several decades, blessing thousands and thousands of people all around the world. People around the world fly in for these conferences. Uh, I was blessed to be with my good friends, Scott and Kimberly Hahn, Jeff Cavins, and many others for two of their conferences. One was the scripture conference that they do each year. And then the other is the big one, the biggest one of all, the Defending the Faith Conference, always getting over a thousand people from all over the country and overseas that, that come in for this. Met so many wonderful people at this conference from coast to coast, from Canada. Just a, a blessing to be here. But I got to speak on something I, I haven't had a chance to give a talk on. It, and it was awesome. I got to speak on my brand new book. My brand new book on prayer just came out, my book called When You Pray, Trust, Surrender, and the Transformation of Your Soul. And it was so fun. I mean, I've, I've, I've given many talks. I love speaking about the Bible and speaking about Mary and speaking about the Mass and speaking about marriage and the virtues. But I have to say what's on my heart the most is to really open up the, the life of prayer for people. The great tradition of prayer, spiritual theology from the, the great saints and our rich 2,000 years of Catholic history. And, and that's what this book is doing. It's, it's trying to bring people into that rich tradition of prayer. Because many people say, you know, I, I know prayer is important and I say some prayers and I pray the rosary and I listen to good Catholic content, you know, Catholic podcasts and things. And uh, I'll go to adoration every once in a while. But not all Catholics have a committed, faithful daily prayer life where they take time every day, quiet time for a conversation with the Lord, for meditation, what the church calls mental prayer or meditative prayer. 
this is so essential. This is what St. Teresa of Avila said is like the, the, the essential first step to growing in the spiritual life. She writes this great book called The Interior Castle, where she talks about the different mansions, nine levels of mansion inside the castle, and you're going deeper and deeper in your soul, and you're going finding Jesus there evermore. But you can't even enter mansion room number one. <laughs> you can't even go inside the castle of your soul if you don't have daily daily time for prayer. And so it's been so fun just to get to meet so many people who, you know, they came up afterwards. They said, I know I'm supposed to pray every day. I know I talk to God at different points throughout the day, but I don't give him a part of my life. And that's like giving a part of your heart. It's just like in, in my marriage, I, I, I try to designate a time that I take Beth out. We go out for date nights or I come home and we get time to talk in the kitchen or after dinner, we go for a walk. But we try to make sure every day we have that time for conversation together, to share about what's going on in each other's lives, to know each other's hearts. It's so important for a relationship of love to grow. And if I want to, to grow in love with my spouse, I don't, I don't just send her text messages, little, little quick hellos throughout the day. We need time to rest together, to be in conversation together. And that's what we need for with God. So it was so fun to be able to inspire, encourage uh, many faithful people who want to pray. They know they should. They just need a little more encouragement or they they, they struggle. They, they don't feel close to God when they pray. They don't feel like they're good at prayer. And what the saints tell us about that, how the saints actually encourage us saying they struggled too. Uh, and how did they deal with those struggles when they don't feel close to God? How did they deal with those struggles when they're distracted and their minds just wandering all the time. These are the common struggles every Christian saint has faced. The difference between the saint and many of us is that the saints persevered through those struggles. The saints encountered God at a deeper level through those struggles. They didn't run away from those struggles. They didn't give up on prayer. And it was so fun to talk about that at the Studentful Conference. So if you want to check out my new book, I'm not sure it's available on Amazon just yet, but it is available now. I just got my copy this week, my first time uh, getting to look at it. And you can get it at ascensionpress.com. You go to ascensionpress.com right on the homepage. You scroll down, you'll see there's a video program you can use for small group study, men's and women's groups and all. But the book is out as well now. So you can, whether it's you want to do a small group study on the life of prayer, the saints, the Catholic spirituality, the journey of the interior life. There's a whole small group study where we filmed in Europe at the many sites of different saints, where they lived, where they died, where their relics are. So you get a visual of uh, the saint's life, but applying it to your life. If you want to do that for a Bible study uh, or a small group, you can check out the videos. There's a free a sample video, a little promo video, you get a little taste of what the study is all about that you can look at right on the website. That's again, ascensionpress.com. Just scroll down and you'll see the When You Pray uh, study resources there on the homepage. And you can also find the book there as well. And I'll let you know when it's available on Amazon, but right now you can get it at ascensionpress.com. But let's go back to these theological virtues. Now, why are they called theological virtues? You know, is it just like, ooh, they're more important, so we'll call them theological. <laughs> no, no they, there's, a, there's a great reason that they're called theological. So you may know that there's the natural virtues. I've talked about these a lot on this podcast. My book, Art of Living, covers those four main natural virtues, like what are called the cardinal virtues of prudence and temperance and courage and justice. So those are the natural virtues, and there's many, many other, dozens and dozens of other natural virtues organized under those four main cardinal virtues. But then there are the three theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity. Why are they called theological virtues? Well, first of all, they're called theological virtues because they have God as their object. In other words, they're related directly to God. 
We have faith in God. We place our hope in God. We love God. So they're directly related to God himself, faith, hope, and charity. Whereas other virtues, I might have, you know, courage related to dealing with a certain suffering here on earth. I may show kindness toward my neighbor. Uh, I may show patience toward my my wife and my children or, you know, whatever it is. You know, so we all have these virtues that can, don't have to relate directly to God. They can relate to just human relationships here on earth and what's happening within my own soul. But these virtues are related directly to God. They have God as their object, but but there's more to this. They, they also, secondly, they, they're infused by God. In other words, they are a gift given to us by God. By virtue of our baptism, we are given this life of faith, hope, and charity within us. It is a gift. It's not something we can earn. It's not something we can try to achieve, you know, through technique and effort. Uh, we can prepare the way for, for this. We, we want to cooperate with the graces that are given to us. But in the end, we, we beg God for these, and we, we pray for their increase in us, but they are gifts, and we cooperate with them. But there's a third reason they're called theological, and that is because they are known to us only by God. In other words, God revealed these three virtues of faith, hope, and charity. You may have great Greek philosophers like Aristotle and Plato that write about courage, and they write about magnanimity, and they write about patience, and they write about uh, temperance and self-control and all these things. But, but faith, hope, and charity is something that God has revealed. So those are the three reasons they're called theological. Uh, I, I would want to highlight that these are the virtues we need to, that they unite us to God. They adapt our humanity, our human faculties to participate in the divine life. They, maybe in a simple way, I would say this, they help us to see as God sees. They help us to desire as God desires. And they help us to love as God loves. So they're really sh- helping us to share in God's very life. Take, for example, faith. Faith, the theological virtue of faith is the theological virtue by which we believe in God and all that he's revealed and all that the church proposes for our belief. Now, this isn't just about getting the answers right on a catechism quiz. This is so important. If I want to see reality clearly, I want to understand my life I want to understand my role in this world. I want to understand what's going to be good for my life, what's going to make me happy. I need faith. I need the theological virtue of faith guiding me. So everything God has revealed, all that the church proposes for our belief, this is like light shining. This is a, a lamp to my feet, a light from my path so I can walk well in life. I like to think of it as like a, a compass. This is the compass I need to guide me in my life how I want to live, to live my marriage, to live my family life, to live my friendships, to live my, my, my relationships with people at work and build my career and live my life in my community and my parish, all these things. I need faith shining on, on, on my life to see my path. It's like the compass to guide me. And that's so important because today, so many people fill their minds with things that aren't supporting faith. They're not coming from faith. They're not supportive of faith. They undermine faith. And think about how much we put in our mind from social media. Think of all the trends in the culture. Think about what we take in from Hollywood or news outlets. And there's so many things coming from this secular world, coming to appeal to our minds that that are just off. The truth about love, the truth about what really makes us happy, the truth of what marriage is, the truth of sexuality and what friendship and what success looks like. And the world has its own standards. 
But those standards undermine what Jesus says marriage is, what love is, what sexuality is about, what makes us really happy, what a successful human life is. So having faith is so important. I need, I need faith to, to guide me, to, to, to be my compass. So this is why it's so important to pray that we grow in faith. This isn't just like, oh, help me to believe in you more. It is, I mean, it is that, but help me to see reality. I, I want to see reality correctly. Help me have the right lens to see you, Jesus, and to see what you're calling me to. This is why it's so important to grow in our understanding of the faith and the living of the faith, but also praying for the increase of the theological virtue of faith. This is where we believe in God. We believe all that God has revealed because his is the pathway to our happiness. Now, there's a second virtue, hope. That's the theological, theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life. This is the virtue that, you know, okay, it's one thing that I, I know that gelato exists, okay? So I, I, I believe gelato exists, but will I ever get to have gelato? Will I ever make it to Rome? Will I ever be able to find that, that gelato shop that Dr. Shree recommended? Um, is it really there? I mean, I know it's there, but I, I have to have hope that I can get there, <laughs> you know? Well, something greater than gelato is Jesus Christ and to be with him forever in heaven, to be with God. Do I really trust in his promises that Jesus said that if we're faithful, that we will live with him. We will, we will, if we die with him, we will reign with him. We will rise with him on the last day. Do we really believe that? Uh, hope helps us to trust, not just that, not just to believe that there's a God, but to trust that we can, we can have union with him and that we, that's where our real happiness is, not in the things of this world. It, it, the theological virtue of help helps us to rely not on ourselves, but ever more on the grace of the Holy Spirit. So I, I, I know that there is a God, but I, I have all these sins and weaknesses. Will I ever get there? I can place my trust in his promises and his grace to heal me and change me so that I can live this Christian life and be with him forever in heaven. But I want to share with you all, I'm really excited. This is a um, I've read the catechism so many times and taught on this, but there's a, there's a little passage about the theological virtue of hope that's standing out to me just in recent weeks. And I've read this paragraph before, but it just really hit me. It says that the theological virtue of hope purifies all of our human hopes. All of our human hopes. They, the theological virtue of hope purifies our human hopes. Think about that for a moment. We have so many hopes in life, don't we? We have hopes for our marriage, hopes for our family life, for our kids. We have hopes for our career, hopes for a promotion, hopes for a certain financial situation, hopes for a new house, hopes to pay off a certain debt, <laughs> uh, hopes for a certain relationship to work out, uh, hopes to be married someday if we're single. We have all these human hopes, and it's good to have human hopes. But the theological virtue of hope purifies our human hopes. In other words, it orients all of our human hopes. Those are all good things that I just mentioned there, but they orient them toward the greatest good, which is God himself. It directs our lives more toward God. And that's important because sometimes we could, we could hope in the wrong things. I, I just want this relationship to work out. But maybe God doesn't want that person for me. There's somebody else he has in store for me. So I'm clinging to this relationship. I got to have this relationship. I, I, I just have to have this or I'll never be happy. And maybe God's saying, no, no, God, uh, there's someone else I have in store for you. Or maybe I, I, I'm too attached to honors. I just want, I want success. I want to be liked. I want to be noticed. I want to be recognized. And I'm placing my hope 
in things that are just passing in this world. And, and, and I place too much hope there. It's distracting me from putting my hope in God and what matters most in life. Maybe I'm putting my hope in this certain position. I, you know, I want to, I want to be liked by my boss, so I get this promotion and can run this department. And, and I just, my whole identity is caught up in this. And maybe God has something else in store for me. In, in other words, the theological virtue of hope helps us to to purify, to redirect our natural hopes, these human hopes toward God and what his plan is for our lives. I need the theological virtue of hope. That's so encouraging because, you know, many times I can get discouraged, right? When things don't work out in my life, I, that relationship doesn't work out. This certain person doesn't like me. Uh, I didn't get the promotion. I didn't get the respect of one of my kids. One of my kids is, or is acting up and uh, have, we're having troubles with this kid. And it's, not, it's not going according to my plan. And so when those things happen, I have to realize this is an opportunity for my hopes to be purified and that God is going to meet me in this and that there's some good here for me, even if I don't understand what's good. I don't understand why what's happening. Where is God in the midst of this? How, how could this be good for me right now? Even if I can't see the theological virtue of hope helps me not fall into discouragement, but remain confident in God. Like Romans 8.28 says, in all things, God will work for good in those who love him. So even this thing that's happening right now, I don't like it. It's painful. It's scary. I'm sad. Whatever it is, I have hope. God and the theological virtue of hope strengthens me, reminds me of Romans 8.28. In all things, God works for good in those who love him. So there's some good in this for me, even if I can't see it right now. I trust in my Father. So hope, the virtue of hope helps me. It purifies my hopes uh, here on earth to direct them toward God, and it prevents me from falling into discouragement. I place my confidence in God and his plan. Finally, the last one here is the one I think most people are familiar with, the theological virtue of charity. This is the virtue by which we love God above all things for his own sake, and we love our neighbor for the love of God. So this isn't just like... Hollywood love. This isn't just like I love my dog. This isn't like I love my girlfriend or I love my friend. This is specifically oriented toward love of God. This is where our, the, we have many loves in life, but the greatest love should always be love of God. So we love God above all things, above everything. I love God more than this friend, than this colleague, than this spouse, than this child, than this career, than this plan I had for my life. I love God above all things for his own sake. And then from that, I will love him in my neighbor. So I love my neighbor, but I love him for the sake of love of God. It's not, it's not just natural love. It's even greater. So this is the greatest of the virtues, St. Paul says. It's called the form of the virtues by Aquinas and the Catechism of the Catholic Church, meaning that this is the, 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 the number one virtue of the three theological virtues. This is the greatest one. This is the one that will last forever. We won't have faith in heaven because we'll see God. We won't have hope in heaven because we possess God. We already, it's not like, you know, I, I believe that gelato exists and I hope I have it someday. No, no. Once you're licking that gelato, you're in possession of it. So in heaven, we have God. So we don't have faith and hope, but charity is the one that will continue. We will continue loving God above all things. And so it animates, this virtue animates all of the other virtues and orders them among themselves. And they perfect and elevate all of our human loves so they can participate in the divine love that we share in God's own love. We love with the love of God himself. So we can 
get to see a little bit, a little window into these three theological virtues. I bet you've heard about them before, but did you ever see how they all fit together? So I come to know God through faith and I believe he's there and I believe all that he teaches. And then I hope to be in union with him forever in heaven. I hope that I can have that. That's my most important hope more than anything here on earth. I should hope for that, desire that. So I'm moving toward that good, like moving toward the gelato. And then I'm possessing God in the beatific vision. God willing, when we die, we will be with him forever in heaven, maybe through a, a detour in purgatory or on the way to, pur- uh, through, to heaven through purgatory. But in the end, we will possess God and that will be the, the fulfillment, the, the highest form um, of our charity. So there we go. Faith, hope, and charity. Hope you've enjoyed this. And um, please pray for me. Please pray for my family. Please pray that we all grow in these theological virtues. And if you want to check out my new book, When You Pray, Trust, Surrender, and the Transformation of Your Soul. You can find that book at ascensionpress.com on the homepage. Just scroll down. You can also see the video program there as well. Free little video snippets you can look at to get a sense of the program to use for your small group, to use for your Bible study, your men's and women's groups, or you can just order the book itself. Again, it's called When You Pray, Trust, Surrender, and the Transformation of Your Soul, and you can get it at ascensionpress.com right now. Again, that's ascensionpress.com. Thanks for listening, and God bless.